0: You are listening to KC Sports Network, proudly presented by Emprise Bank. Coming up, the latest episode of 5 Things to Watch.
1: Five things to watch here on KC Sports Network. Thank you all so much for listening. This is the KC Laboratory guys here to get things kicked off for five things you're going to hear from a variety of different shows here on KC Sports Network, getting you ready for Chiefs Bills at Arrowhead. First thing to watch, we kick things off and we're talking about the run game a little bit here today because, you know, big news out of Arrowhead is Isaiah Pacheco missing uh, this week's practice. Sounds like we probably won't see him. If Isaiah Pacheco doesn't go, that is a big loss considering he's probably been the second best offensive skill player for this team this year, Maddie.
0: Yeah, for you know, three out of the last four games, he's rushed for over 60 yards. It has seemed like when the Chiefs offense has kind of gotten to a little bit of a rut when they're trying to throw the ball down the field. They've been able to rely on Pacheco a little bit more here down the stretch. They've been evolving their run game, kind of running some stuff that allows him to get downhill, use his strengths a little bit more, and it seems like he's kind of hitting his stride against the Eagles, against the Packers, as these games were tight down the stretch. He was doing a good job keeping the Chiefs in it, giving them a chance to stay close and win the game when the passing game wasn't necessarily working. So if he is unable to go, that could be a big hit to the Chiefs who are getting up to set up and play this big game against the Bills. Maybe the number one seed is kind of like an opportunity for that number one seed in the AFC is on the line for the Chiefs. The Bills are going to be playing for their playoff berth. It would be really nice to have Pacheco here, but we might have to see what the Chiefs can do without him. How are they going to get this passing game working? How will they get this run game outside of Pacheco working? Two things they haven't had a lot of success with this year if he's unable to go.
2: And it may be one of those things where you know some of the roles are a little more defined and simplistic. Clyde edwards alaire kind of taking some of the early down reps and some of the schemes that we know he works well in and that he is in, that he's best in, and then Jarek McKinnon making sure that he's there on you know obvious passing opportunities or maybe even not so obvious passing opportunities and trying to get him the ball on checkdowns and things like that. It may make it you know a little more siloed for this Kansas City Chiefs offense, which can help the defense to tee off on this, but the way that the Kansas City Chiefs have been blocking lately in the run game, I think that that's actually advantageous to maybe simplify it a little bit more, maybe just call the things that we know that Clyde is effective on. He has looked pretty good as of late. I realize the stats aren't there. A lot of stuff that's called back by penalties and things like that, but he's hitting the hole. He's running through guys a little bit more. I think that this could be a game where they get – The ball to Clyde, you know, 10, 11
1: times, and you can actually see some pretty good results from that. Yeah, I do, too. I'm with you on that, Craig. Like, I think Clyde has looked a little bit better late uh, in the year, and, you know, this is why they held on to him. They wanted to keep their running back inventory, and it's smart, especially considering, you know, we've seen this team kind of struggle with some, you know, some injury history to their running back room. Pacheco had some injuries issues last year uh wasn't really able to do much this offseason. Jarek McKinnon, I'm like a huge Jarek McKinnon fan. If you've been listening to our shows in the past, I love Jarek McKinnon. I also am willing to acknowledge that he's had a lot of injuries over his his career. And, you know, he looked maybe not quite the same guy late in the season because he started running out of steam, even though this team leaned heavily on him in a big way last year. It's going to be funny or interesting uh, to kind of see how they navigate that. Do they try to use Jarek McKinnon, who's not particularly healthy right now as it is? uh, Do they try to get him involved a little bit more? Last week they activated generic Prince to the active roster and he got some opportunities there. So, or he got an opportunity to be on the active roster, but he didn't get opportunities on the field. Right. So like, do, do we see him finally get to some opportunities this week? Uh, You know, it's going to be worth watching because I do think Not that the Chiefs should lean on the run game because that's never going to happen in Andy Reid's tenure, and that's okay. You have the best player in the world. But maybe there is means to find some more consistency on offense, just running just a little bit more, just finding a little bit more consistency on the ground to try to help. So Clyde Edwards-Alaire, Matthew Lane, over under 9.5 carries in this game. What say you?
0: Um, I'm, I'm going to take the over because I think the Chiefs are going to need it. I, I simply think they are going to need it. Well, okay, actually, let me let me back this up. We don't know if Pacheco is going to play or not going to play, right? Sure. If he is unable to go, then Clyde, I think, will go over that nine and a half carry mark. I, and I don't know, ultimately, if it matters who is running the football. It's how the Chiefs decide to run it. If the Chiefs are going to go out here and just run their traditional zone game that they like to just throw out there in game plans that they try to Take a little bit more lackadaisically, that's a little less pointed towards specifically their opponent. I don't know if any running back is going to have success against the Bills. I think the Bills might be able to shut down even Isaiah Pacheco if it's going to come out there and be 15 to 20 inside outside split zone runs. Same thing with Clyde or Prince or Jarek McKinnon. It doesn't matter who, if that's their game plan. Now, if the Chiefs dial back into what they were doing against the Packers, against the Eagles, where they're mixing in the zone looks, they're mixing in the gap looks, they're running power, they're coming at you instead of just working laterally over and over again. I think even Clyde or Pacheco or McKinnon or Prince, I think all these guys can find success because that's where this Chiefs offensive line has been really good. In fact, I think Clyde running, if they're going to run all of this different wide variety might be more consistent than Pacheco because he's going to get you what's there. He's going to get you what's blocked up. No, there won't be the big chunk plays, but he will get you what is blocked up every single time. And to Craig's point, he's added some weight this year and that's helped him fall forward. That's helped him go through a little bit of contact here and it makes his runs just look that much more impactful. So I'm more curious of not who the runner is, just how the Chiefs decide to use their run game to attack. But, I mean, I do think the starting running back is going to get double-digit carries just to give Mahomes a break from trying to throw so many screen passes.
2: Yeah, I mean, Clyde edwards Delair last year against the, the Bills had nine carries and led the team. You know, granted, they only ran the ball 18 times, but nine carries. This Chiefs offense is going to be way more run-focused than they were last year. Last year's team, they felt a lot more comfortable throwing the ball up to MBS, throwing the ball up a little bit more to Juju Smith-Schuster, Travis Kelsey. Like, it it was a lot more focused on, hey, we can spread the ball around to all these guys we feel very comfortable dropping back. As we've seen throughout the course of the year here, there's been an increased focus on the run game. There's been an increased focus on, hey, it's fine for us to play, you know, four yards and a cloud of dust a little more regularly than we would with Patrick Mahomes as, you know, the quarterback. I don't think that that's going to change just because they got a backup guy in there. Clyde Edwards layer is healthy. He's ready. He looks good. You know, by comparison from some of the other years that we've seen Clyde go out there and be very banged up. He looks a lot more comfortable, a lot healthier. So I do think that, that he hits that over. I I'm going to say 11 to 13 carries for him. And I think that that's enough. Like, I, I really think that that's good enough with a proper balance, you know, obviously situationally it's going to matter, but, Given everything, you know, close game and all of that, I think you can get away with running Clyde 13 times and still have a very efficient offense.
0: Hopefully the Chiefs can keep that balanced rushing attack going that they've had the past couple weeks. It's helped the offense look a little bit more stable, a little bit more functional down the stretch. So hopefully it comes out versus Bills. Hopefully Clyde lair if he is the one that has to go, can continue the success that Pacheco has had here in recent weeks. I mean, that's enough of us. Let's head over to the barber shop and see what Sean Barber has to talk about how this Chiefs defense can maybe slow down an important part of the
3: Bills offense. Hey, man, appreciate it, man. This is Sean Barber from The Process, where the process is always greater than what it produces. And my thing to watch for the Buffalo Bills versus Chiefs game is, man, you better watch out for three things in this game. Josh Allen, Josh Allen, and Josh Allen. Man, their backs against the wall in Buffalo from a coaching staff that in the high seat, to the team being six and six and almost being on 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 the uh, on the verge of being eliminated from the playoffs, and we're not even in weeks fifteen yet. Man, the Buffalo Bills are six and six coming into Kansas City. They're coming into Kansas City with a a team that has already kind of got a little bit of edge on their shoulder. We've just lost our third game of the season, and that number one seed is starting to slip away. So I think it's a must win for both teams. And when you got two teams that are both in a must-win scenario, which team does it matter more to? Man, I think the urge and the necessity to have your back against the wall at 6-6, and knowing that any loss for the next uh, few weeks of the season could send you home for the offseason, I think that that might be enough to just say, by any means necessary, let's make sure that Josh Allen keeps that ball in his hand, keeps those first downs rolling, first down, first down, touchdown and try to win a game and steal a game from the Kansas City Chiefs here in Arrowhead Stadium. So my thing to watch is, like I said, I got three things to watch. That's Josh Allen, Josh Allen, and Josh Allen, whether he's passing, throwing, scrambling, or running. Man, quarterback sweep, quarterback draw. Man, when he needs it in it's crucial time, we better have somebody spying that quarterback that can get him down. And so those are my things to watch for this Buffalo Bills versus Chiefs game. I'm just saying backs against the wall any by any means necessary. I believe the Chiefs need to come out here and just do what they need to do, take care of business from the start of the game. So we're going to keep our eye on Josh Allen all game long, and that is my one thing to watch when it comes down to the Kansas City Chiefs versus the Buffalo Bills. So that's
0: Josh Allen, Josh Allen, and Josh Allen. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense for stopping this Buffalo Bills offense here a little bit. All right, we're going to take a quick break before we come back and get to our final three things to watch in this big game on Sunday.
4: What's up, Chiefs Kingdom? This is Tucker Franklin from KC Sports Network. Thank you for listening to today's show. Make sure to follow us and subscribe for more Chiefs content wherever you get your podcast. If you want to support us further, you can shop the latest collection of KC Sports Network merch in partnership with Sandlaw Goods. You can find hats, shirts, hoodies, and more at
5: sandloggoods.com You can click the link in the description for more information. Say hello to a stressless holiday season with the help of HelloFresh. Skip the grocery store and save time with easy, tasty recipes delivered straight to your door. Spend your time this holiday season shopping for gifts and sipping cocoa, not stuck in the checkout line. Sign up for HelloFresh and get everything you need to whip up a fresh, tasty meal delivered to your door. Just choose your recipes, select a delivery date, and relax knowing dinner is on the way. You can make hosting this holiday season a joy rather than a hassle with the help of HelloFresh Market. From crowd-pleasing charcuterie boards to photo-worthy desserts, it's easy to add these party-pleasers to your weekly order, saving you so much time. With how easy HelloFresh makes it with all the ingredients, it can also be an opportunity to cook with your family during this season and make things fun with your family. Go to HelloFresh.com slash KCSNFREE and use code KCSNFREE for free breakfast for life. That's one breakfast item per box while subscription is active. That's free breakfast for life at HelloFresh.com slash KCSNFREE with code KCSNFREE. HelloFresh, America's number one meal kit. This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. The holiday season can be a time of great joy and celebration, but it can also bring extra added stress to your life. Whether that's stress from traveling, stress from spending time with family, or financial stress, it can be a time of ups and downs this time of season during the holidays. This time of year, you might be spending a lot of time thinking about others, getting gifts for your family or friends, but it can also be the right time for you to think about yourself as well. That could mean going easy on yourself in tough moments. A great option to help yourself through tough times this holiday season could be therapy. It can help you talk through tough times in your life. It can help you prepare emotionally for things you might experience in your life and help keep you grounded during what could be a stressful holiday season. It can be helpful in learning positive coping skills or how to set boundaries, and it can empower you to be the best version of yourself. So if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. You just fill out a brief questionnaire and get matched with a licensed therapist, and you can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. In the season of giving, give yourself what you need with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com KCSN today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp.com KCSN for 10% off your first month.
6: We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. you need indeed.
0: All right. Welcome back. We're finishing up our five things to watch for this chiefs bills game coming up this Sunday Today, Here it is. We are now going to toss it on over to outside the trenches where the guys are going to tell you a little bit about the, the hog mollies there down on the line of scrimmage.
4: All right. We appreciate it outside the trenches, hanging out with you guys, Nick Lecky, big B, Brian Hanley. We're talking about, yep, you guessed it. The trenches. Let's start with the chiefs offensive line. Got some injuries on there. Uh, the big one obviously being donovan smith. uh donovan smith leaving the game against the green bay packers had a neck injury which was affecting his shoulders, never good don't want to hear uh that type of injury coming out from uh, from a game but with a game against the buffalo bills coming up, you know, a guy like donovan smith is going to want to try to play and everything like that, but big b why don't you just hold him out and play the, play the rookie there?
7: I think you do. Look, it's just what you said. If you got a neck injury and it's down in your shoulders that's nerve stuff and that's never good it's never good so hold him out uh until he's 100 percent healthy and then get him back on the field and and you know 100 healthy obviously is relative this deep into an nfl season so but at the same time i think it's to everybody's benefit that just give him some rest let him get more healthy because like i said if it's affecting your shoulders the way that you're being able to move your arms and stuff as an offensive lineman, that's pretty important. I think they just got to hold them out.
8: Yeah, because you can definitely play through most injuries, but neck and back stuff is extremely difficult to play through. And if you're that left tackle, you want to be pristine. You want to be tip-top, especially if you're protecting Mahomes uh, so we can get the ball to Travis Kelsey. Um, you're going to protect that a lot. And and I like Wanda Morris, too, because you know he spent some time before he was Oklahoma with Trey Smith in Tennessee. Yeah. So, you know, there's that connection. He's an Oklahoma guy just like Creed. Uh, so there's some some camaraderie already there as a rookie. And I think, you know, playing next to Joe Tooney just having another great season. Uh, I, I think I think there's some ways that they're gonna be able to help him out uh, versus vaunted vaunted Buffalo Bills defensive
4: line. And Maddie mentioned this on the on the lab this week where he talked about on Monday where Look, you're gonna have uh, you're gonna have chip help already to Donovan Smith. It's not gonna hurt very much in your pass protection when it comes to Joe Tooney having to chip help over there, having other help on that side. Uh, Wanya Morris looked really good in the run game. The run game's been uh, been pretty good for the Chiefs so far this season. Uh, if you look at the PFF grades, they're whack from the last game. They said that he was a better pass pro and pass pro than he, that Wanya Morris is was better in pass pro. Uh, Than he was run blocking. I think that those two are flipped. I think he was a much better run blocker. You saw the Chiefs come in and run behind him. I've got some confidence, truthfully, in Juan U. Morris when it comes to that. But, Nick, you did mention <sighs> the Bills got themselves a D line, man. Like, you talk about Gregory Rousseau, Jordan Phillips, and Oliver. Uh, I mean, Leonard Floyd. Like, they've got dudes on dudes, Von Miller, uh, Limval Joseph. Like, they've got so many guys out there. I know that Von Miller's going through some, like, legal stuff. I think he's still going to play. Um, in terms of everything like that. Obviously, with a fluid situation, you don't know if he's going to be put on the commissioner's exempt list or anything like that, but you've got to play it by ear with those things. But uh, Big B, that defensive line for Buffalo is uh, no joke.
7: Absolutely. I mean, think about this. You know, Leonard Floyd, they don't even talk about it. I believe he's got nine and a half sacks, and just because the enormous amount of sacks that people have throughout the league this year, and people with 14, 15, 16 sacks, nine and a half at this stage of the season, is great and nobody even talks about him. So, and when you team that up with Ed Oliver, I mean, they have got a defensive line that can get after the pad. I mean, they can just flat out do it. They can get after your quarterback.
8: Yeah, they really can. And then we're missing AJ uh, Epinesa out of Iowa too. Uh, he he's coming off that edge and he's doing a fantastic job in that whole rotation that they have. And if you're in, in that. That safety, if you're any of the Buffalo Bills back four, your job's easy because these guys are, are attacking attacking quarterbacks so well. Uh and and they're coming off a bye week. So we got fresh legs, McGee over here. Uh and then guess what? We're not even talking about Von Miller, right? You you I mean with Von Miller plays or not plays, this is an amazing D line. Von Miller plays, this is a fantastic defensive line. And this is a scary defense line that's gonna absolutely get after you and has the depth to get after you. And they're rested, and they're refreshed to get after you. And they got a chip
4: on their shoulder, too, because, you know, the win of the bye week, losing to Philly.
7: Yeah. Mm -hmm.
4: These two have them coming off a bye week. They're going to have an offensive line coming off the bye week as well that has uh, some in your face kind of anchoring that offensive line. Mitch Morris, obviously a center of Kansas City for a long time for a Missouri tire, but they got a Spencer Brown, a guy who's from, I think, Lennox, Iowa. Like, I think he's he's from up in this area. And then in, in the uh, Iowa, I think he's an eight man guy. They've got guys like Deion Dawkins, Osiris Torrance at that right guard spot, and Connor McGovern, not the Connor McGovern that went to Missouri. This is a different Connor McGovern uh, on that offensive line as well. So, Big B, thoughts on the uh, Bills offensive line heading to this
7: one? Uh, it, it's good. The one thing about it is they've gotten better running the football here as of late, they changed offensive coordinators. And they've actually given the ball to running backs. It's amazing what happens when you let your running backs actually run the football versus having your quarterback, your franchise quarterback, running all the time. <laughs> so they've gotten better at running the football. Now, it's something the Chiefs have been good at. It's tough when, I mean, and I don't know if they're going to be on their third string linebacker. We'll see. It seems like they might be. But the bottom line is is that the Buffalo Bills, got their, their offensive line, since the change of coordinators, it seems like the schemes and what they're putting together has made them better.
8: It is too, and I think what's going to happen too is you got Mitch Morris, who's familiar with you know Chris Jones and maybe yeah. a few of the people on this defense. You know, he's with the Chiefs. Uh, it's, a, it's a fantastic center. So I think the him and him and that Chris Jones matchup is going to be really cool to watch on the inside. And honestly, I think Deion Dawkins. If uh, Trent Williams uh, wasn't absolutely peaking for the past couple of years, that Deion Dawkins. Would we'll be right there as a number two, yeah. number three offensive line in this league. He's a bad dude. And he's a big body. And he's got he's got big man game and he's got, got slippery game too, where he's got little man game with the traps and yeah. uh you know all all the counter movements and things like that. And he's aggressive. And I was just gonna bad. say that. Yeah, he's mean. He is mean. <laughs> <laughs> Violence, a violent, a violent offensive
4: lineman. And that, will you pair that with size. Yeah. Hall of Famer. It's going inter- to be interesting to see kind of how the Chiefs do their configurations on it. George Kofnitz has been having a pretty I think a pretty quiet year. He leads the team in sacks. Um, I don't know if a lot of people would have anticipated that coming into this year. Chris Jones has been pretty quiet as of late. He had a really good fourth quarter against the uh, against the Las Vegas Raiders. Played a little bit better against the uh, the Packers last week. Uh, but when you talk about the defensive line, we haven't really seen a whole lot from Felix Anadike Uzama. Uh, Mike Dana's been playing well this season. I'm curious to see how they kind of attack uh, this Buffalo team. Steve Spagnuolo's been dialing it up, man. Like he's he's been pulling all the all the strings, doing all the right calls, and it'll be interesting to see um, how they're able to uh, to kind of turn up the pressure on this uh, this Bills team. That their backs are against the wall. The Bills got their backs against the wall. We'll Be excited to see how this game comes out. Looking like it might be a must win for both teams in terms of the uh, the playoff hunt. So. That's going to do it for us here at Outside the Trenches. Go ahead and send it back to you for more five things. Perfect, fellas. I, I'm excited to see how
0: Wandia Morris plays. I really am. I wrote about him last week for the sub stack. I, I'm really excited. I, I really like what he's showing for us. I think long-term, too, seeing what he can do in a starting role, maybe sorts out some of the offseason stuff. That that That's for a different time. But I, I'm excited to see him. I'm excited to see how this Chiefs O-line matches up. And now it's time. We got two more points. We're going to head over to only Weird Games. They got not one but two points for you guys. So let, let, let's see what they have for these final two things to watch for this
9: game coming up. You get two things from the Weird Games crew. Joshua Briscoe, Seth Kaiser, and Nate Taylor with you here on KCSN. Uh, we'll take something from the offensive side and the defensive side. Seth, where are you going to begin on the offensive side of the ball for one thing to keep an eye on here for Chiefs Bills? I mean, obviously the offense is. At us all pretty
10: concerned. It's been multiple weeks. We've been waiting for kind of like a wake up for mm-hmm. a full game. You know, we thought we maybe saw it against the Raiders, and then you kind of just, you know, didn't. And I I think consistency. And that's something I've been hammering on, not just with the like with the receivers, it's been the primary focus. But for me, it's them finding a a foundation that works rather than Continuing to try to work with the the stuff that just isn't. I mean, they, they've you, they, you see some adjustments that they've made. You've seen a little more under center, a little more twelve, a little more thirteen. I'd like to see them start to build on the stuff that works. Understanding that you need a different foundation than you thought you did. You started with a plan. You 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 had this great plan in place. You had an idea of what things would look like. Andy Reid's ability to pivot has never been a, a quick thing, and part yeah. of that's a good thing. He doesn't, he's not, you know, he doesn't, you know, get tossed about in the waves. Um, but the disadvantage of that is you can be slow to react at times. And so I, I want to look for some consistency from the offense as a whole in their game plan in showing that they are recognizing what they have and what they don't have. That'll be tough without Isaiah Pacheco because, you know, before he set out, we'll, we'll see if he plays, right? Yeah, right. If he plays, the offense should clearly run through in terms of weapons in order because, and this is only because the passing game is more important, by the way, Kelsey, Rice, Pacheco. That's how the offense should go. Now, if you want to argue Kelsey, Pacheco, Rice, because with Wanya Morrison, they need to be running the ball more. Great, fair enough. But that's what I would like them to see is build around the things they have that are working. Throw Noah Gray in there, but like really start actually showing some building blocks that you're moving towards something. Because it, it, you've got a desperate Bills team. A chance to stay legitimately in the race for the one seed. They kind of screwed up with regards to that. They controlled their own destiny. Now they don't. But they can still be right there in the thick of it. If you can't get up for that game. Uh, I just don't see it happening for the offense consistently this year. Barring Mahomes catching fire. There's always the chance of that. But that that's what I'm looking for. Is consistency within the game plan. And execution of it
9: Nate before we get to the defensive side from you what what how much of a difference does Pacheco or no Pacheco make because we have talked a lot about the, the Chiefs running the football more and also right. in previous versions of this show we've talked about that that running backs are not the predominant needle mover in in most situations in the running game but Pacheco's a unique talent in this crew so how much would his availability or lack of availability change that in your mind yeah it, if- if he's not available first word of that question was Nate, I think. <laughs> Indeed.
11: Indeed. Incredible. The that you can jump in right after. If Pacheco can't go, uh, it does really, I think, put a little bit more of a burden on the tight end group. Um, Noah Gray, Travis Kelsey for that, you know, that short, quick game, um, when you know you're gonna get some tight zones from the Buffalo Bills. And then of course, um, if you don't have Pacheco and the running game is, you know, not as productive. Then the burden just increases on Patrick Mahomes. And it's just been something that you've been, that we've been monitoring over the course of the last month, you know, whether it's, you know, the receiver issue, obviously the fact that the defense has had a little bit of a, of a stumble of late. Um, But Mahomes doesn't have to play perfect, but he can definitely feel the sense that um, he's got to carry the offense a little bit more than how you would ideally, you know, put a game plan together or what you would ask from your quarterback. So, This might be one of the rare circumstances where both Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes feel the above average burden to carry each offense just because um, they know their defenses are perhaps a little bit struggling. I think obviously the Bills more than the Chiefs, but also that, um, you know, in order to stay afloat, um, they can make mistakes. So without Pacheco, it, it puts a little bit more pressure on Mahomes. And obviously, uh, it doesn't take injury much for his quarterback to all of a sudden throw fifty attempts in a game. And yeah. uh, with this type of offense, with this um, inconsistent, consistent receivers, uh, that that might not be the best formula for for victory.
9: Then what on the defensive side is the next thing that you are going to keep an eye on? It's the return
11: of Nick Bolton. Um, you know, a, a guy that. Has only played a handful of games this season because of, you know, some some injuries, Uh, most notably now it's a wrist. But, um, you know, he's not being, I would say, rushed back, but he is definitely needed at the right time uh, just because he's going to be playing with a a small cast on his wrist. Um, He is obviously known for tackling, for getting guys lined up and and not sort of getting beaten based on pre-snap adjustments. So how Nick Bolton plays might be a, a, a real turning point for this defense, right? Just because you're not going to have to triple uh, available for you know his coverage needs um, and someone that you can support to where you don't have to give Nick Bolton 100% of the snaps. Nick Bolton might have to play every snap just because he's that important right now with no Bryant-Cook as well. So you think you know what you can expect from Chris Jones, George Kalof, this maybe Charles Minihue but on that secondary line, I, I am interested as to do the Bills attack Nick Bolton, in particular in coverage so that's been successful for them in the past. And then, of course, how does Bolton make a make a real imprint on the game um, so that the Chiefs don't have a true weakness in the middle of their defense?
9: Seth, how does that change that group with Tranquil uh, out but Bolton back? Uh, what what did you see last week and what are you expecting to see with Bolton theoretically um, back in the mix? Uh, you know... Cochran was put in a really tough spot I
10: think he he did okay yeah. in certain spots but you know he struggled in certain spots as well I think some of the lack of communication things they actually mm-hmm. did a pretty good job highlighting on the broadcast a couple times where guys weren't you know they they were kind of in advance Well and Cochran didn't know where to be on a certain play he wasn't really looking at the gap and that was a huge run too that was an important play um generally speaking with Bolton you don't get those types of issues um they one thing they struggled with against the Packers that um even early, it just they were always the ones taking hits. It felt like, which mm-hmm. is one of those weird things. They looked a step slow. They didn't. Um, they they just they just seem to lack a little bit of oomph. And as much as Bolden, you know, I talk a little bit about you know issues in coverage, maybe, and some of the change of direction stuff. But he's a guy who brings oomph to the line of scrimmage. He's a guy that's going to give you when he arrives at the line of scrimmage and meets the line the the running back there. You he's going to set you up. To win a couple of those first downs, and Nate talked about during only we were games that one thing that the defense struggled with against the Packers that set them up to fail was it wasn't often they had a few, but it wasn't often the Packers were looking at third and long or even yeah. second and long. They they were losing on first down. If you can win a couple of those first downs, it lets Spags cook a little bit more. It helps out guys like Karloftis, Dana, and Omenhu in terms of you you the play action stuff they'll still maybe utilize it, but they're not going to respect it nearly as much. So you can get to your pass rush plan a little bit quicker. So I think Bolton can help with that. It's certainly an upgrade over Cochran. Um, and so, you know, anytime, because really you always got to look in terms of, you know, what's the alternative and what's being replaced. You know, I don't think Bolton can replace what Tranquil's done, especially in coverage, but I think he can improve upon what Cochran was doing. And so that matters a great deal. Um, it'll be interesting to see how he tackles with that cast. Um, yeah. I'm feeling... I got a feeling he'll be okay, but his, his grip strength is something that's, you know, it's just going to have to be, you know, focused on on the actual rap, which again, he generally doesn't struggle with. Um, but one of his best qualities, maybe his best quality is what a solid tackler
9: he is. So that'll be at least worth keeping an eye on. There you go. If you want our actual predictions and more, you can check out Only Weird Games here on KC Sports Network. Uh, that's Seth Kaiser, Nate Taylor. I am Joshua Briscoe be really nice to have a Chiefs win to talk about. And uh, especially with the Bills, I have to assume they're going to be some fireworks. Thanks, Josh.
0: And there we have it. Five things. One, two, three, four, five things to watch for this Chiefs-Bills game coming up on Sunday. It's a big one for both sides. But listen, there's a lot of other big stuff going on. That morning, Sunday morning, you got the 8-10 pregame show. Make sure you tune in, get yourself ready for that game. And hey, Maybe you listen to that on your way to the stadium where you got to make sure you go by the Lot J tailgate. BJ Kissel is going to be there. He's going to be hanging out. They're going to have Buffalo burgers. Tucker has been there. He has had it. He has told me how excellent it is. So I need you guys all to show up, have some. You guys can also tell me how fantastic it is. I would appreciate it. I mean, I'll be jealous, but I would greatly appreciate it. And then as always, rain or shine after the Chiefs, And Bill's game concludes. We will be going live on YouTube at the KC Sports Network YouTube channel. We will talk about the game, the good, the bad, the ugly, win or lose for the Chiefs and Bills. So thank you guys so much for listening for our five things to watch about this game. We appreciate you guys. And hopefully the Chiefs can come away with a big win so we don't have to have another somber Sunday postgame show.
12: Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium?